Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Give me a wave. I want to see some, oh yes, I like that. So this is uh, your first seminar at West Point so far, is that right? Excellent, okay. Um, I, I think this one will be hard to follow because we're gonna have some fabulous fun this morning. Um, be ready, okay? Uh, be ready to move chairs, be ready to move your seats around. Let's be really expectant for what God wants to do this morning. Um, I'm really excited about release in particular from the Shore strategy, Send, Unify, Release and Equip. I'll remind you of that because still not everybody knows what it is. Um, and I'm so excited about release. I've been involved a little bit with what's been going on there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great this morning. So let's just be expectant about what God wants to do in us. Um, my name's Bernie Pickering. I'm on staff for commission, uh, but also, as I say, been involved with the release block a little bit as well. Um, this seminar, just so that you know that you're in the right place and you haven't made a mistake, although if you are here, it's not a mistake. Uh, so, uh, so we are releasing the real you, um, absolutely, um, and it is part of the release block of the Shore strategy, send, unify, release, and equip, just to remind you again. Um, so uh, the aim of the, shore, the, of the release block is that we want everyone within commission to grasp who you are, who you are to God, who you are in God, who God is, uh, and how that impacts your life, how that helps you with our outward vision of thousands of people through tens of nations and hundreds of churches and all of that stuff. It can be really hard to think, what on earth does that mean for me? And so as part of release, we want to enable you by understanding who you are in God and how you can help change your families, your neighborhoods, your communities. And that starts with you and knowing how precious and wonderful you are to your heavenly father. Um, so uh, Mornay Smith is our speaker this morning. I know he's got a little bit of a team with him. Yep, yeah, let's give him a big whoop whoop. I'm all up for whoop whoops. <laughs> Um, so, morning. Come on in. Grab a seat, ladies. Uh, there's plenty down the front if you want to come and join us down the front. <laughs> oh. um, so, a little bit of background information for you on Mornay. Um, so, he's married to Leanne. And they have two children, Ethan, who is 10, and Maya, who is 8. Um, and originally, you're from South Africa. Is Leanne from South Africa too? Ah, so you're both from South Africa. Oh, good, we've got a few of you here. Excellent, excellent. Um, you've been here for 15 years, I understand, and you're on staff at God First as an elder. Um, now, you like sport, any particular? Rugby. Rugby, okay, right, okay, so uh, we've got some enthusiasm here, we like that. Um, anything other than rugby? Just everything, anything and everything, wonderful. Do you play much? Oh, good, what do you enjoy playing? Bit of tennis, oh, very civilised, I like it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Um, so I think that's all uh, that you need to know from me. So just for those of you that have just arrived, this is releasing the real you. Uh, we're going to have some fun this morning. Let's uh, give a huge round of applause for Mornay. You guys are a bunch of maniacs already, I can see. This is really fun. Sorry, I'm going to sort this out. 
Okay, um, we are the Sathers. Are you the South Africans? Where are they? Oh, these guys, yeah. Welcome. Very nice to have you guys with us. <laughs> Finally, some culture in the room. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard work. <laughs> Hey, um, look, I don't know, um, so you guys are in this seminar called uh, Releasing the Real You. I mean, what type of title is that? Didn't you think that? I think Duncan Lee came up with that title this morning. And um, what we're going to talk about this, this, this morning, really, is I want to talk about this concept of what it means to be a citizen of heaven. And it talks about that in Philippians. Paul um, uh, talks about that. And I want us, I think, if we can get this topic and understand this topic of what it means to be a citizen of heaven, it will transform the way you see everything about your life. Okay? And that is why I am really passionate about what we're going to talk about this morning. Okay? And so I'm going to, I might shout a little bit later on. Um, we might have a bit of, we're going to have a bit of fun together. And the way we're going to start this morning is I'm going to ask you all to be in groups of four, five, six. It doesn't really matter, okay? Let's not get legalistic about this. Um, so what I want you to, to do that first is to get yourselves into groups of four, fives, and sixes, somewhere around there. Um, your chairs are going to be clipped in. Just rip them, okay? I don't care. I, I'm South African. I don't care. Just, just, just do that. And... Um, once you're in your groups of, sort of fives and sixes, then um, I'll get your attention back. So do that in about one or two minutes. Group of seven is fine. Okay, let's do this quickly. About a minute or so, guys. Okay, is everybody in the group? If you are in a group already, just lift, lift your hand up so I can see. Okay? Okay, who still needs to get into a group? Lift up your hands. Okay, we're in groups. All right. Now, you have to de designate somebody, either with a pen and paper or your device or something like that. <laughs> this is the... I know. It's like, oh, no. Okay. Here's your challenge. Okay, you ready? You've got a challenge in your group. Can you hear me okay? Can you guys hear me okay? In your, ch in your group, you've got this challenge, okay? I want you to start the sentence like this, and it's going to say the following. Citizenship of heaven is, right? That's your start of your sentence. And then I want you in your groups to come up with a paragraph to define that. Citizenship of heaven is, and I want you to, short paragraph, nothing more than, say, 40 words. For, nothing more than 40 words. I want you to write a definition... I want you to write a definition, and then I want to see what your definitions are to see whether it's rubbish or not. Okay, so <laughs> you've got five minutes to do that. Go. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. So if you can just settle down, if you're done. Are you all done? Sort of. I was impressed to see the, the amount of writing going on there. Some, all right. Okay, let me see who's going to... Oh, I'm going to pick someone. Oh, well, my word. Okay. This is, this is amazing. That's British. Oh, oh yeah. There we go then. Okay. Nice and clearly. Yes, okay. 
Citizenship of heaven is sons and daughters of God that carry a power unlike anything on earth with the authority of God. A great responsibility and duty to carry the good message of Jesus Christ by reflecting the face, hand and heart of our Father. Can I have, can I have that please? That's, that's very, that's very good. I knew there was a reason I was doing this, you know, I was trying to get some help here this morning and that's, the recipe is not important anymore. I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, uh, who else would want to give it a go? Come on, that was very good by the way. You guys, okay, come on, give it a go. Just say for the wash. <laughs> okay, sitting. Okay, citizenship of heaven is children of God who are unconditionally loved, accepted, and redeemed. Amen. Right? Who belong and have their identity in Christ on heaven, in heaven, and on earth. Very good. Okay, that's good. That's good. I prefer this one, just to say. (laughs) But that was, that was, that was, that was a good effort there. Okay, how about somebody at the back there? Somebody for that. Okay, here we go. Come on, right to the front. Come on. I'm sorry, I, I can't move this. Hi. Right. Citizenship of heaven is belonging, full of peace for eternity, not earned, given to us by Christ on the cross, being part of a family open to all if we make the choice comes with an obligation to share not a private club as a citizen we are meant to reflect christ show compassion etc amen very good very good okay um very good is there anybody that's desperate to want you want this you really oh here we go here we go okay Citizenship of heaven is, under the grace of God, heirs to the throne, knowing Jesus, part of God's kingdom on earth, releasing freedom to ourselves and others, being sons and daughters, bringing heaven to earth, full of faith in the God of the impossible. Pretty decent, that one, I must say. Hey, this is... It's quite interesting when you start defining, like just just put some words around the concept of citizenship. Do you see how it just expands suddenly? Um, I wrote this down, which mine now feels a little bit like not as good as yours. I must confess, <laughs> but I shall read it just so you you know because um, it's well right. You guys can turn around now if you kind of um, who done with your groups now? Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to listen to me now for a bit. Maniacs. <coughs> okay, here we go. Have a listen. This is what I've done. The citizenship of heaven 
the surface of being noisy. Thanks. Um, citizenship of heaven is not is not a fancy title, okay, but it's a declaration of who I am, restoring my privilege and my responsibility. It's a deep understanding of my identity and a return to being truly human, which empowers me to live out the purposes of God, turning chaos into order. You know, that's 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 what I think a citizenship of citizen of heaven is, and um, and I will kind of expound a little bit on that as we go. And you know, how many of you have been Christians like maybe for five years and less for a minute? Just let me put up your hands here. So not not many of you, but most of you have been Christians for a long time, eh? And so what happens is when you if you many of us will know the Genesis story really well. Don't we? And in the Genesis story, before the fall of, of, of Adam and Eve, if you think about a bit like this, is that God, this, these people are living, this is what citizens of heaven are. They're living in this, in this paradise place, and they're living in the very presence of God. And God has said to them, hey, listen, there are, there's chaos all around Eden. Eden is this perfect place, and there's chaos all around. And what you are, in effect, is you are a gardener. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take the chaos that's beyond these boundaries of Eden and you're supposed to extend it, keep extending it, keep extending it. And you are the very image bearer of who God is on the earth, right? So when people see you, they should see, hey, this is what God is like. Okay, this is, this is what their mandate was. That's what it means. Now, you know the story is like when they then fall from man and or from God and they kind of reject him. This is what I wrote down, what happens as a result of them eventually being thrown out of the garden. It says this. Rejecting the king means that you have rejected his rule over you, right? Because what you've done is, I don't want to listen to you. I'm going to listen to myself, okay? So that's what you've done. So said, rejecting the king means you have rejected his rule. And guess what? You've rejected his privileges because God has equipped you, God has empowered you as a citizen of heaven to do whatever he, he wants you to do, to be the gardener, to be empowered, to be this gardener, to go and extend Eden. So it's like the sense that you got almost, if I see it a bit like this, you as a gardener have access to the, to, uh, to, um, to the tool shed, to the shed, and go and pick anything you need from that shed to go and do the work you need to do. Do you get that? It's like there's no boundary, there's no, no, there's no stopping you to go into the, if you want, to the resources of heaven and then going accessing those resources of heaven and then going to ex- carry on extending the kingdom of God or the Eden of God across the earth. That's what you have. You have a privilege and you have a responsibility as a citizen of heaven to carry this mandate as the image bearer of God. So, in the fall... You have rejected his rule. You have rejected his privileges. Being close to God. Being empowered by God. And, this gets, you've, and you are being removed from his land. So, so think about this. You have been taken out of the land of God by throwing out. When they were fallen, they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. You have rejected the king and you are removed from his land. No longer will you be part of his land citizenship of heaven, suddenly your citizenship has been revoked. Therefore you are removed, you are exiled, you are deported from his presence. You have given up your citizenship. They have given up their citizenship. In fact, your citizenship has been removed from you. 
all these privileges and all these responsibilities. Do you get that? I think when we see the story of Eden and the fall with its lenses of citizenship, it changes it a little bit, doesn't it? It changes kind of what happens in that moment. Suddenly, I have become an exile. I have no more identity. I have no more land. I'm exiled. I'm deported. I'm a foreigner. And that's what happens in this place. Okay? So that's pretty, that's pretty epic, isn't it? And that is why when I wrote this definition down saying, is that I've always said this, is that when you fall, when we have fallen from God in that moment, is there something about our humanity that is stripped away from us? And so our coming back into the kingdom of God is this whole restoration of our citizenship. That's why this deal of citizenship isn't just a nice little title but it has carries a whole lot of weight and power and empowerment are behind that, okay? And I thought I would just explain a little bit about this, how when we look at it in, um, in, 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 in the book of Acts. But you know, this is, one, this is how it changed my thinking, being a citizen of heaven and having the mind of God. I cannot live according to the rules of the world. I have to live according to the rules of what it means to be a citizen of heaven. Right? That's what it means. So I remember, um, how many of you got children here in this room? Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example of how this changed my thinking. When I was, um, Leanne and I got married, we were 20, 24, got married, and she was like, um, can we have children? And I was like, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to have children. I don't, I'm not ready for children. And I don't know about you, but how many of you? Like, I didn't even pick up little babies when I was like, you know, when some people come say, "Oh, look at a little child," I was like, I don't care about the little baby. Okay, <laughs> it's like, kuchi kuchi koo, stay away from me, type stuff, right? So in my life, I've always then I've never really even picked up a child. Maybe twice or three times in my whole life, really, before we had our own kids. And, um, and Leanne was coming and said, like, I think I'm ready for children. And so nine years into our marriage, I'm still like, I'm not going to have children. And, and I, it's bad, isn't it? And <laughs> I know, my poor wife. And, um, but you know what happened was, there was a time, I remember this one time, we're sitting in this, in this garden, and we had these friends, and all the ladies, the married couple, it's like they girls are sitting around me, interrogating me. <laughs> it's a it's a ter- terrifying place. Um, I say, I say like Mornay, why don't you want to have children? And I'm trying to come up with all the reasons, but ultimately, ultimately, I was terrified whether I would actually be a good dad. You know, I would, I'd, I wasn't sure. One, did I really have love for children? Because I wasn't rocking affection towards kids. And two, the fear that was really inside of me was, I don't think I can be a good dad. I don't know whether I can actually do this. I was fearful of that, right? And and so I kind of delayed, delayed, delayed. And I remember one day thinking to myself, I I got to stop this. This is unacceptable. And what changed my mind was one that Leanne would kill me. So I better had to change change that. But the second thing is this. As a husband, I cannot be allowed to be ruled by fear. And as a citizen of heaven, I cannot be ruled by fear. And I have to step up to the plate, man. Look, I've got a wife. I want to I serve my wife like Christ has served the church. I want to honor her. And I, you know what? I want to have. So I remember Leanne's, Leanne's pregnant. And um, have you ever had this, like, dad's 
I had no paternal feelings while Leanne was having pregnant. Did, did you feel that way? There was no like, oh, lovely, I can't wait. And I remember thinking, I'm not getting nervous, right? Like, am I going to feel any emotion for this child? Because I didn't have any. And um, I remember Leanne, like, gives birth to Ethan, man. And he came out, and I remember, like, sitting on the chair and, like, cuddling him. And I'm singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Crying my eyes out, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, 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 but the thing is, right, the thing is, I cannot, as a citizen of heaven, because, hey, if I'm living, if I'm thinking in this context of this paradise that I was lived in before, living as this truly human, living by another standard, I cannot allow fear to dictate to me. I cannot allow that to happen. And so this, this concept of citizenship of heaven isn't just like a nice thought. It should transform my parenting. It should tra- transform the way I do my work. It should transform my relationships. It should transform the way I do mission. It should transform the way I'm at church. It should transform, man, whether I pick up litter on the street or not. Okay? It's not just a small thing. So let me just build this and show you something here in... Um, in the book of Acts, which I think is really helpful for us, what citizens really do. In, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, you have this story, and we're going to read this section from Philippians in a minute, but in, in Acts chapter 16, if you want to make some notes, listen to this. Paul is on his mission trip, and he comes to this town called Philippi. And Philippi in the Bible talks about, they say that they are, Philippi is like a Roman colony, Okay, And so this is what happens in a Roman colony. A Roman colony is, they are separated by about a 24-hour drive, car drive, from the city of Rome. Okay, And so this is not, so the people in that town, the people in that region, this is not like us today where we will be traveling all over the place, right? This is like, you just know about Rome. Rome is something that is far away from you. And so what happens is, Rome takes a colony and they put this colony into Philippi. And what it means is this, that the people, the local people that live there and these Roman citizens that now live there too, is that the local people are exposed to a culture that they've never seen before. So it's like this Roman city, these people, the way they dress, the way they speak, the festivals that they carry, the holidays that they might, but might enjoy, all of that, they live as if they are in Rome, but they're actually living in Philippi. Okay, And so what happens is the people in Philippi, they are exposed to this culture that they've never been to. They're exposed to this culture they've never seen. They've seen this, this, this Rome. This is what Rome, this, what, what the, 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 the um, citizens, if you want, of Rome do. They make an unseen Roman city visible to the locals. Get that? Suddenly, you've never been in Rome, but I know what Rome is like. And that's what the Roman, if you want, the Roman colony was like in Philippi. So Paul comes into that city, and he teaches and he preaches. And if you know the story, there's this woman, this little girl that's demon-possessed. And they they go through a thing, and they kind of, this woman is delivered from from the demon. And as a result of that... She, they, the, the, their owners don't make money, all that kind of stuff, if you know the story. And then they are put into prison. And to cut a long story short, later on, Paul does this amazing thing. They're put into prison. They are flogged, beaten. And then Paul does this incredible thing. He says this, I am a Roman citizen. Do you know the story? 
Do you know what happens? In that very second, just picture this with me for a minute. In that very second, as he says, I am a Roman citizen in this town of Philippi, it activates new rules. Immediately. Immediately the people step back from him. And it's like this new rules of engagement is activated because this is now a Roman citizen. How we treat this Roman citizen compared to like the normal Greek guy or just a normal Jewish guy is completely different. And they start, if you want, the rules change because he's a Roman citizen. Do you get that? And then he writes a letter to the group of Christians, those Philippians, a little while later. If you've got your Bible, why don't you open it up here? It's going to be Philippians chapter 3. Verse, uh, verse 17. So Romans, uh, sorry, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. And it says this. This is what he writes. This is what Paul writes now to the Christians in Philippi. And these guys are all, if you want, they know what the Roman citizenship is all about. Okay, they know the rules. They know that this is a different culture. And this is what he says to them. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and and their glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus, who will transform our lowly body to the like to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. You know, it's like, I find it amazing. I think it helps us understand that, that Christian, this, this idea of citizenship is not just like a nice title, but it does give us an idea that this is a powerful thing. Because a moment when he says to him, hey, you are citizens of heaven. These guys would have immediately understood all of those concepts we've just spoken about. Hey, what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm supposed to, as a citizen of heaven, I'm supposed to express a culture that no one knows about right now. It's unseen, and I'm supposed to make, express that culture, make that unseen world suddenly I make, make it visible where I am right now. You get that? It's like, it's like amazing. It's like when you join that citizenship together, it's like, hey, you are no longer Roman citizens. You are no longer citizens of, this U- of the United Kingdom, right? Your primary citizenship is found in the kingdom of God. That is what you and I are supposed to express in everything we do. This is what Tom Wright says. Um, He says, The task of the Roman citizen in a place like Philippi was to bring Roman culture and rule to northern Greece, to expand Roman influence there. But supposing things got difficult for the Roman colonists in Philippi, Supposing there was a local rebellion or an attack by the barbarian tribes to the north, how would they cope? 
their best hope will be to the emperor himself, who after all was called saviour. This was the emperor, the Roman emperor was called saviour. Rescuer, who would come from Rome to Philippi to change their present somewhat defenseless situation, defeat their enemies and establish them as firmly and gloriously to Rome itself. The church is at present a colony of heaven. With, respons- with responsibility, as we say in the Lord's Prayer, for bringing the life and the rule of heaven to bear on earth. See, when we are removed as citizens of heaven, when Jesus has redeemed us, saved us, our citizenship has been given back to, back to us. Our mandate on the Garden of Eden has been given back to us again. That we have now again a, this privilege and responsibility to extend Eden and its boundaries of Eden more and more in our, in our lives. Does that make sort of sense to you? Let me give you a couple of examples. The first things our citizens in heaven of heaven should do, I think we should pr- be primarily we should be worshippers, just like Adam and Eve were supposed to do, right? Inordinate affection, loving ourselves or others or things more than God, will always bend us out of shape. Anything that takes go- affection away from God, it will eventually bend you out of shape. So I want to just encourage you, as a citizen of heaven, be a worshipper of God with your whole heart in every aspect of your life. Worship him, honor him with what you do. Number two, we are supposed to extend the boundaries of Eden. You know, I was thinking about this, you know, um, I said this to our guys and God first a lot. You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, you know, when you talk about this thing about turning the, the chaos into order, you know, if you imagine Jesus' life, his ministry, when he comes on the earth before his death and resurrection, just forget about that for a minute, just think about his ministry time. If you see Jesus like as a baby, there's this earth that's full of chaos and full of hurt and full of pain and full of people who's in rebellion towards God. If you want, there's darkness and chaos all over the world. It's a bit like, you know, God created and it was void all over the earth and darkness covered the sea. And it's a bit like that. And if you imagine from heaven, this light dropping into the darkness. And then what Jesus does is as he's busy ministering, as he's walking, when he walks and he calms a storm, when everybody's fearful, it's not like, oh, look how nice and powerful he can calm the storm is. No, that's not what he's doing. What he's doing is he's demonstrating to you, hey, I am bringing a new creation. I'm bringing a new order. And watch, just like I can speak in the beginning of God, uh, Garden of Eden, God just speaks and he takes that chaos and order of that storm and he just starts, the light starts to expand a bit more over the darkness. When he meets a man who's demon-possessed, right, and the demon's being like in the tombs, living among the tombs, and he comes and he brings his man back to his right mind, right, and he's able to sit at the feet of Jesus in the presence of God. This is not just like, oh, a nice, powerful thing over, over the spiritual world. No. What Jesus has just done is, he's just, the light has just extended a bit more. Guess what? The, the boundaries of the Garden of Eden has just extended. And it incorporated that demon-possessed man. Do you get that? When you and I live out our lives... 
in a way where we express something about the kingdom of God in any way, whether it's in generosity, whether it's in kindness, whether it's in praying for people for sick healing or whatever it might be, when you and I do that, it's like in the moment darkness is just starting to shrink a little bit, light is extending, and the boundaries of Eden has just enlarged again. And you know, that's what happened with each one of us, is that when you and I come into salvation, the boundaries of Eden has just extended, and you and I are incorporated into the paradise of God again. And then, then you're given a passport, say you are a citizen of heaven. Start gardening. You got access to the resources of heaven. You got, you're in the presence of God again. Hey, get gardening again. You see, what happens is we get a little bit we get a little bit like what happens is God saves me and then I'm saved and I'm going to go, he- go to heaven. And we make it almost like salvation or going to heaven the primary thing. Can I just say that you going to heaven is not the primary thing. What's going is you are called to, as a gardener to carry on extending the Eden of God. And going to heaven is just a byproduct. Anyway, <laughs> you, see, you see, what happens is when, if you just think very narrow about salvation as just a way of ticket to heaven, then you know what? We just don't think broader because, you know, in my street, I have to, if you want, um, let people know what Rome is like in my street. Like let people ex- get exposure to the kingdom of God because I'm there. Because I'm expressing the culture and the values and the life of what it means to be a kingdom carrier, a citizen of the Most High God in that area, in my town, in my street. That's what I should be doing. Do you see that? If I'm just thinking salvation, I'm just going to be like pretty narrow. Let's get a guy to heaven and that's all I'm going to do. That's not the primary thing. It's a big thing, but I don't think it's the primary thing. So we should be culture shapers. You see, I think that a citizen of heaven, when you think about gardening like that, being called back into being true gardeners, being truly human, then that's a missional thing. It's massively missional. If I truly understand that, I will naturally want to extend the Garden of Eden with acts of kindness in all kinds of different ways. It's very missional. And we are culture shapers. What is it like when you're in your work? What do people taste and see when they are in your environment? Do they taste and see something about the culture of heaven where you are? In whatever way. And that's what citizens do. Um, Let me move on quickly. Honor. Have you you heard the word um, culture of honor? How many of you have heard that term, culture of honor? Okay, now this term is starting to kind of get a bit of traction, and um, honor is this. So, does help you? Honor is both the, the desire and the ability to recognize glory in others. Whenever I recognize in someone or something the attributes, the nature, or power of God, I'm beginning the journey of honor. You see, as citizens of heaven, when I look around this room, there's attributes. And glory that God's put in each one of you. And what happens is I want to honor that. 
I want to draw that out of you. You can't let it stay dormant inside of you because you know what? You've got gardening to do, man. There's aspects, if you want, in Eden that you can do that I cannot get to, but you can. And you just stop sitting around and just like fiddle around on the edges, but think, no, I can step up because God has called me to do this. If you want, resource me to do this. He's empowered me to do this. I'm in the kingdom of God to do this. Not just to go to heaven, but to extend and be the image bearer of God in every aspect of my life. Citizenship of heaven. So we can dream big. How about this? Discipleship. I think it influences our discipleship. You see, discipleship sometimes, we think about like, hey, let me, you become saved. Now, let me fix your behavior. Like, yeah, okay. Like, yes, there is aspects of our behavior that we need to be fixed if you want. But discipleship is more than just me fixing someone's behavior. Discipleship is like, learn to think and live like Jesus. Which incorporates your behavior. Right? I'm not trying to make you morally conform as a Christian. I want you to step into who God's made you to be and then do that and take that and go and do whatever you need to do with it. That's what discipleship is. Transforming to be more like Christ, to think like Jesus and to live like Jesus. That's what discipleship is. Not just to live moral lives. Hey, if our primary thing is whether you swear or not, then I'm not just come on. Okay? You shouldn't swear. And you shouldn't get drunk. And you shouldn't commit adultery. But let's not like, make it just that. How many, how many preachers are in the room here? Teaching young children? Or youth or something like that? Okay. Can I just say, so I encourage you, take it or leave it. Maybe spend more 80% of your time in your preaching about telling who people are and maybe 20% about who, what they should do. Okay? Because I promise you, if you step into who you are, understanding that God is for you and not against you and that he has empowered you to be this gardener, maybe you might just get on dirt and those other things will come and sort themselves out along the way. Counseling. Um, you know, when we counsel, I had somebody one time in my office who was accused of rape, and um, and it, subsequently it was kind of a fake thing and all that kind of stuff. And but initially the person just left the church, and then I thought to myself, I refuse. I absolutely going to refuse that this person run and hide away because something has come up that might not fit our categories in that moment. Hey, if this guy did something wrong, man, you go to jail, absolutely. And I'll make sure that you go to jail. But the thing is, like, but some, something in that made me think, I'm not going to let you just go run and hide. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you and lift up to you who God said who you are and compare what, but where you're feeling about yourself right now and say, come on, you are not in line with what God told you who you are. And that's the motivation behind counseling. Not just to transform the person's behavior necessarily, Okay, I'm almost done. Um, parenting. See how asset citizenship impacts every aspect of life? I'm just giving you, I'm just throwing a few out at you. How about parenting? 
I don't want my kids to be morally conformed, but I want them to be transformed into citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, I can tell you, my 10-year-old boy, there are times when I'm thinking, you, I want you to be morally conformed right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you will go sit in your room and think about it for the next two months. <laughs> I know. But what I'm doing is I'm not trying to steward his behavior. I'm trying to steward his heart. Right? And I'm trying to say, look, I want you to understand that you are called into this amazing privilege and responsibility of being a citizen of the kingdom of God, boy. Man, if you get this, young boy, man, who knows where you can go? Who knows what you can do? I want you to love God and worship God. Okay, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read this as the final thing. Um, do you know that when Paul writes this, this letter uh, to the Philippians, do you know where he is at the time? He's in prison. He's in jail. You know, citizenship is costly. It's costly. And I think we should have this sense of, I think, I think I'm willing to pay the cost if I understand that this citizenship is worth it. Do, do, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like... This thing is the most precious thing that God has bestowed upon me. Man, if it costs me my life, so be it. Okay, then finally, this is what um, Russell Moore says, uh, in case we've forgotten what this whole thing's about. Ultimately, it's about God. We sometimes assume kingdom is just a metaphor for getting saved. Against this kind of potential confusion, the mission of Christ starts and ends in the announcement of forgiveness of sins or in the removal of condemnation, though both of these things are certainly true. But rather, the mission of Christ starts and ends with an announcement that God has made Jesus emperor of the cosmos, and he plans to bend the cosmos to fit Jesus' agenda, not the other way around. The kingdom of God then is the good news that the right rule of God and the right rule of man, a rule our ancestors Adam and Eve lost, have come together in the right rule of one right God-man, Jesus of Nazareth. In his sin-resisting life and his wisdom-saturated teaching, his demon-exercising power, his substitutionary conquering death and his justifying victorious resurrection Jesus Christ is king that king through the spirit invites all men to believe by faith what they'll someday see by sight what everyone someday will see by sight that Jesus is Lord Jesus forgives Jesus is king and his reign will extend to the corner of every galaxy forever and ever Amen Amen Okay what we're going to do I think you can do this in by yourselves. I'm going to give you three minutes, okay? And what I want you to do is, I want you to think a bit for a minute. What, if anything's changed in your thinking by what you've heard this morning through these amazing definitions earlier and through the talk, okay? What is what what in your thinking has gone maybe deeper in your understanding of citizenship, okay? And then I want you to do this. What are you going to trust God in? with looking at certain areas of your life in order to make the necessary changes. So what in your life right now do you thinking, as a citizen of heaven, like I had to step up to the plate and thinking, God to serve my wife. 
what do you think in your life right now? You're thinking, as a citizen of heaven, I'm required to make this change, or I'm going to trust God with this thing, or whatever it might be. Can I give you guys like two, three minutes, and then just a bit, I'm going to ask maybe two or three of you to come and share, okay? So don't let that put you off. So don't change what you were going to write. So, so two, two minutes, let's do that. So nice and quiet, and we'll do that. Okay. Um, so th- it doesn't mean I'm going to call you forward, okay? So, but just for a r- uh, raise of hands, has anybody, have you written anything down? Let me just see by some hands if you've written something down, you're thinking that requires some something. Okay. Now, is there anybody that would want to share what that is with us? Lady in the back, you want to come on to the front? Anyone else? You want to to? Okay. You want to do that something? Okay. We'll do it like in about 30 seconds, okay? And you 30 seconds for each person also, okay? Any guys? Come on up. I need another guy. I think another guy. Come on. I need a brave man. Come on. Yellow shirted brave man. Okay, come on up here. Okay, this is what we're going to do. When they said their thing, we're going to cheer for them. Yeah. Amen? We're going like to give them like the biggest cheer that they can ever receive. Right, well, for the past few months, I've been struggling a bit with anxiety and got to the stage where not wanted to go out the house on some days, and it's been a real battle to get out. And uh, I know now, after today, that I can do this without fear, as God wants me to keep doing what I'm doing, showing kindness to others, because it's showing what heaven is like. Awesome. Okay, so um, I'm going to be less fearful of people. (laughs) I'm going to be less fearful of people um, and uh, talk more about who Jesus is, pray more in preparation and encourage others to be transformed rather than holding them morally accountable. Wow, that's awesome. Mine's parenting as a single mother, um, so this has helped me again, because Jesus is so good, <laughs> hand my kids over to God and bring it into my house more, because I never have it at home, everywhere else to everyone else, but not my kids, and it breaks my heart that I don't do that, so I want that to happen. <laughs> In, in the last few years, I've sort of been held back, been holding myself back, um, and I'm getting this um, uh, recognition that um, I'm actually as being a bad witness. Um, I used to be in, in, in business and in the marketplace, and the credit crunch took my business out, and I've let that infect me, and that affects not only me and the family, but everyone around me because we've got a responsibility as a witness to demonstrate the kingdom. So citizenship gives me uh, access to the kingdom. Uh, I've got a responsibility to do that. And in accessing the kingdom, I can just witness and let the kingdom flood out. There was an old advert years ago, a teabag advert called uh, Let the Flavour Flood Out. Yeah. And that's it. So, you know, we've got to 
get infused and let the flavour flood out. And we've got responsibility, so I'm going to rise up. Uh, you know, the devil's tried to steal that away, but I've got responsibility to, you know, he's under my feet, to rise up to show that, to show that God's way and God's kingdom is bigger than what comes against us. Amen. So the thing that struck me most was like the Roman colony being Rome. People could see Rome. Actually, my job here is so that people can see heaven. And I feel God just remind me that this morning and that instruction, you know, actually, I've got to know who I am as a citizen, who I've been made, what I've been made for, so that people can see who who I've been made by, what I've been made for, and the heaven that I am being called to. So I think that's, that's. Shirley. Massive challenges, eh? So there are so many challenges in, um, yeah, in being a citizen of heaven. And for me, by far, the biggest challenge of being a citizen of heaven is remembering that I am a citizen of heaven. Because I forget, I forget all the time. So I'm in the supermarket the other day, I'm having one of my like back-to-back days where you cram everything into the second and I'm stood there and the supermarket attendant is speaking to the um, to the person that's got their you know their shopping, and they're nattering away, and she's being kind, and I'm like this in the queue. I'm like, come on! So it gets to my turn. I'm brash. I rush it through. They, she's really sweet, and she's trying to talk to me, and I'm like. Just get it through. I'm not here to have a conversation. I'm here to get my shopping done. I need to be somewhere else. Get in the car. I get in the car. I'm like, I get in the car, I put my Christian music on, because I'm... Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a godly woman, you know. And I feel God say to me, what are you doing? Like, like no condemnation, but like, what are you doing? Right back there in the supermarket, you are acting out of alignment with who you really are. You've forgotten that you are a kingdom of heaven, uh, a citizen of heaven, that you belong to the kingdom of heaven. But you know what? Every time, every time I spend some time with the Father, he's going to remind me. And now, after this seminar, every time you spend some time with the Father, don't be surprised if he doesn't go, hey, just remember who you are. You are a citizen of heaven. Yeah. This is Sarah. Hello. Um, I think for me, um, the major changes are that I used to just be really gripped with fear. Um, fear of what other people thought of me, fear of just thinking actually that I wasn't significant, that God couldn't use me. And I think just knowing that I'm a citizen of heaven, I am a daughter of the king, that actually he loves me. And it doesn't matter if I mess up, if I take a risk and actually it doesn't work out, then actually I know he's cheering me on. And I think for us, you may have heard on the video that we t- I talked a little bit about three seconds of courage 
and that is really for me just a practical outworking of when I feel like the nudge of the Holy Spirit to to speak to someone or to pray or show an act of kindness whether it be in a checkout or in a restaurant or wherever that actually I can just think okay I'm just going to count to three and go for this and it's been great because as a family we've kind of just taken that on board and so just going to a restaurant and recently I was like kids actually let's just pray for who's going to serve us in this restaurant and so we're kind of thinking okay is it going to be male female well obviously 50 50 but so we were like actually it's going to be a female and um, we're going to see what does God want to say and they were like actually thank God we kind of came up with that God wanted um, them to know that they're interesting um, that he wanted them to smile and for us to be really generous so we kind of sat there through the meal and actually the person that came to serve us she looked so grumpy and she was obviously having the worst day and actually my kids just started engaging with her we started talking asking her about herself and actually just through silliness and us you know having fun together she began to engage with us and we saw her smile and we left her the biggest tip and although we didn't share about God actually it's just leaving something of who God is and and so yeah it's just shifting things so um yeah that's me (laughs) okay Thank you, Sarah. Okay, let's all stand together. I'm going to read this definition one more time, and then we are going to pray, and we're going to go. So uh, this is who we are, um, church. This is who we are. Citizenship of heaven is not a fancy title, right? But it is a declaration of who we are, restoring our privilege and our responsibilities. It's a deep um, understanding of our identity and a return to us being truly human, which empowers us to live out all the purposes of God, turning this world of chaos into order. Father, we, we pray for that. Lord, we, that's our desire, God, is that Lord, we want heaven to be extended through who we are. That's what you've called us to do, God, to be on mission for you, God, to be image bearers of God in every aspect of our lives. And so, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've empowered us to do this, Lord. We are not just running and trying really hard, but you have put your very presence, your very power in us, and you've given us this new passport of being citizens of your mighty kingdom. So, Father, we, we thank for that. I pray for each person here. I pray that we will remember Father, I pray we will we'll remember those moments when we when it's hard to remember, those moments when it's hard to express who we are. Father, I pray for circumstances and situations in this room right now that, that when we put our citizenship up against it, it seems like a massive battle. We're thinking, how is this ever going to change? And so, Father, we, we want to lean heavily into who you are this morning, God, and say, Lord, would you come again and come with your power and break into these situations of our lives and our relationships and our families and all kinds of stuff, we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. All right, enjoy your lunch. Bye-bye.